WYSL is your sports leader. Now, North America's longest-running soccer radio show, Soccer is a Kick in the Grass. Your hosts, Rochester Lancers trainer and Wall of Famer, Joe Redguard Sirianni. WYSL sports director and Rochester Lancers historian, Andrew Battisti. The editor of FrontRowSoccer.com, Rochester Lancers reporter and Lancers Wall of Famer, Michael Lewis. Soccer is a Kick in the Grass is presented by Dr. David Olivo, Family Dentistry, and brought to you by the following sponsors, Flower City Union and Flower City 1872, the Rochester Lancers, top-notch monogramming, Salvatore's Pizza and Donuts Delight, Polano and Company, Italian-American Sports Club of Rochester, Opera Bracelets, Faber Builders and Claridge Decorating Center, Allstate Insurance Agent Enzo Scolo, and St. Padre Pio Chapel. And now, here's Soccer is a Kick in the Grass. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Soccer is a Kick in the Grass. This is Andrew Batiste. Thanks for joining us on this, at least in Rochester, New York, this cold, cold Monday evening. And first of all, I want to wish everybody who's listening out on the West Coast, including, I'm sure, also the owner of Flower City Union, the Nisa champions, Jimmy Paola, who they got hammered with flooding and torrential rain yesterday and today. Hope everyone out there is doing well. The Rochester Lancers remain on top of the MASL 2 East with a pair of wins against Athletic Orlando at home this past weekend by 12-4 and 10-4. They are undefeated at 5-0 and this year, one of two teams in the league that remain undefeated. Just one will be joined by four-goal scorer across the two wins, Ryan Curtis, who is also a member of the 2023 NISA Champions Flower City Union. Michael Lewis from FrontRowSoccer.com will give his thoughts on the 2026 World Cup match location announcements. And I'm sure when Michael heard the news that MetLife Stadium was going to host the final, he was extremely happy, which means he doesn't have to travel for the World Cup final. It's going to be within driving distance of his home in in downstate New York. So we'll talk to Michael about that. We'll also have some thoughts on the program that was broadcasted yesterday to announce the locations and i'm going to try to control myself on that one and also the the CONCACAF champions league starts this week michael will give us some previews on that and i'll have the latest news from a big weekend of international soccer as well unfortunately joe sirianni still under the weather not with us this evening and joe we wish you all the best hope you get better very soon and can join us back here on the show so let's go to our first guest tonight. He is a native of Pembroke, New York, which is between Buffalo and Rochester, and was a member of both the first season and second season of Flower City Union, and now he is having his first indoor season with the Rochester Lancers. He is Ryan Curtis, and Ryan's appearance brought to you by the Lancers. The next home matches, as a matter of fact, the next matches in, in their entirety for the Lancers will be February 23rd and 24th against Baltimore Arsenal. Go to rlancers.com for ticket and information about the club. If you don't even know about the Lancers, first of all, if you flew through this show for a long time, I hope you know about the Lancers, but they're playing at the TSC at East Rochester, and this team is playing extremely well. Again, top of the East Division by far with a 5-0 and record, and they're playing a great brand of soccer, very entertaining. So we hope you can come out and watch them this year. Again, rlancers.com. And, Ryan, thank you very much for coming on the show, and congratulations on a big weekend and a, and a big year last year winning the NISA championship. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, two really big things that I'm happy to be a part of. Yeah, we're very happy that you're uh, playing indoors with the Lancers and here on our show tonight. So tell us about how you became a member of the Lancers for this, this current season. Ah, so that'll that'll go back to uh, before COVID when uh, Lancers shut down first. Um, I came to Rochester to go to college at Roberts Wesley and, um, and through some mutual friends became a coach of the, uh, the Lancers youth organization. So kind of made that transition to kind of play a couple of games or not a 
games, some training sessions with the indoor team, and then unfortunately COVID shut them down and just kind of been waiting on, uh, until now and thought it was a right time to try it out, you know. Now, have you played indoors in other areas, like in you know, any of the local Rochester leagues, that um, between the time the Lancers shut down from the original MASL team to today? Oh, no. Everything I've done has been focused on outdoor up until this point, so it was all all 11 v 11 bigger-sided stuff. This is really so how, a new, how have you... uh, new arena for me. How do you transition between outdoor and indoor, and, and and what has that been like for you? Man, it's a different game. It's so so unique. It's, uh, it's really just new techniques, new movements, a lot of different stuff that you have to try and learn on the fly. I mean, it helps out having Jake Schindler, Joey Tavernese, some of these big-name players kind of showing you the way. So really grateful to have them helping me out. It certainly is, and done very well this year seven goals three assists and one of the things i've noticed is you you like to set up on that back post and get those easy tap in goals and that's that's great positioning and you did that a couple of times on on, on saturday night against orlando in the right at the end of the first quarter and then also in the uh, third quarter as well so is that something that you like to do set up right there at that back post and look for a cross from the other side yeah i mean it's it's for me, it's just trying to predict where the play is going to go. It's just positioning in the box. Like, if no one's there, that's an easy goal just to stand there and tap it in. So, so got to make the yeah. one run and got to make the decision to go as well. Certainly. And the two games yes, this past weekend were very different. The first game on Friday, Orlando really had most of the play or much of the play in the first quarter or first half and then also in the first part of the third quarter they were leading by a score of four to three and then the team the Lancers just scored eight straight goals and took over the game how did you guys react when Orlando came out so strong and then you know again you came back like you did against Utica the second time around against against them yeah you know like whenever you go down in a game you kind of get your head down but I mean Jake really make sure that we know like hey we have a certain way we want to play and once we start to implement it that way that the right thing started to happen things started to fall to us um i think just defensively we were just a bit more organized after that and when we got the ball we looked to kind of slow things down a bit more and kind of take the sting out of the game because orlando was a super super counter heavy team they wanted to win the ball and just go all the time so Yep, absolutely. And then Saturday was much different, though, that the Lancers really came out strong in that game. They led 5-0 at one point and 8-1. What do you think was the difference was in the Saturday game? It seemed like Orlando came out very flat in that game. You guys were ready to play. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always hard going back-to-back games where the game prior you kind of got a couple goals taken to you. So, I mean, they they definitely didn't back down. They were a rough team. They wanted to get stuck in. They definitely didn't shy away from a tackle or from what the score was the, the day prior, so I give them props to that. Um, yep. But, I mean, our guys worked hard. Yes, yes, they did, and there there were a lot of penalties in that game. It's funny, the first game yeah. was very rough, and there were only two penalties called, but in the game on Saturday, there were, I think there were eight, seven or eight penalties, and we scored twice on the on the power play, so that worked, that worked out very well. So the, the Lancers 5-0 and now, and you guys have a three-week break before playing your next games against Baltimore. What are you guys going to be doing during the break time? I don't know. That'll be up to Jake. <laughs> <laughs> He's the guy behind the wheel. Whatever he says, we'll do. Yeah, certainly. I'm sure you guys will be. If there's any knocks, you guys will be recovering from those and getting ready for the next uh, weekend of matches. But one thing I also want to ask you about the Lancers is there's a lot of former and current Roberts Wesley and soccer players on that team, and so certainly guys you've played with in your in your time at in your year at Roberts. Has that made things uh, an easier transition for you to have the guys you're familiar with out there? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, the guys that I got on the team, a lot of them pretty close friends with them, have played with them for a while, so I know some of their tendencies. Um, but, I mean, with the level of players that we have, it's kind of easy to come into any situation with guys that can play like that. So it's been really nice to have guys that I know and also the guys that I don't know have been really good as well. So 
just super happy with everything. Yep, and the, being five and zero is uh, makes makes everybody very happy. I'm sure the fans yeah. and all the ownership makes me happy calling the games and having lots of victories. And I know it also makes my good friend Bob Seagave, the director of athletics at Roberts Wilson. I do their basketball games as well, so okay. I see him all the time. And I mentioned about all the players that uh, Roberts has contributed, and including Justin Roberts and one of their current players had his first games on the weekend as well. So. I know he's very happy, and it's it's turned out it's turning out very well. We're with Ryan Curtis from the Rochester Lancers and Flower City Union, and Ryan, let's talk about Flower City Union. I mean, you were one of the few players, I believe, maybe the only player, I think back, maybe I think maybe Mitchell Brickman as well, but who were in the team the first year and then on the team the second year. And what was that like for you, the first year and then coming in this year and and going all the way to win the title? Yes, uh, I mean, two very different years. I mean, the first year we didn't really have a whole lot of success. Um, we had a lot of good players, but we just really couldn't string together any wins. Um, second year, we had a system, had a style. We had a really good team. Um, a lot of really, really, really talented guys that we played with this past year. Um, I just think that think maybe we had a bit more talent this year um and maybe we're a bit more disciplined in our system our style of play um but i mean from both years super happy to be a part of the organization um but i will say that the second year we really really got some traction what was it like to go through the playoffs like you did when i don't think anybody was expecting you guys to to win the Tugs, except the people here in Rochester and and members of the, of the team. I mean, you guys came with a lot of confidence and went through and won three road games, which is certainly not easy. What were your thoughts going into the playoffs, and what was it like to to raise that trophy and and in Michigan, a team that did that Florida City had never beaten before uh, to win the championship? Yeah, you know, it's always awesome, kind of being an underdog story coming from the year we had prior to winning the league in the second year. So, I mean, the celebration was lots of fun. I mean, everyone knew the cards were kind of stacked against us going into the playoffs. But, I mean, got a result against Chattanooga in the semifinals. And I think as soon as we won that game, we kind of knew, like, hey, we got it. Went to Michigan, got the win, and then the rest is history, you know? Yep, and the rings will be coming very soon. I've been so so I've been told, but yeah, that game against Chattanooga, boy. Um, I obviously I wasn't able to call those games around the road, but I watched all three of them. And boy, I, I said on the show, I said we we played them to a scoreless tie in Chattanooga earlier in the year, and I said if we could just do that another time and then take our chances in penalties, we could we could win the game. And you know, Mike Mahay just played out of his mind in that game as good as any goalie's performance I've ever seen. And obviously the defense in front of him as well. It was, it was a team effort, but, you know, that was – I think nobody in Chattanooga – everyone in Chattanooga must have been shocked when mm-hmm. after that last penalty kick went in and it's like, what happened here? <laughs> and you guys went on to the, win the championship. It was a quite 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 an experience. What what was that like in Chattanooga when after they scored their penalty, we scored our penalty to win? Was it just like utter silence from all the Chattanooga fans? Oh yeah, dude. It was no one expected it. I mean, our goal Mike Mejia did an absolutely fantastic job that day, and throughout the whole playoffs, but especially that day, I think he was absolutely incredible. It's one of the best goalkeeping performances I've ever seen. Um, so I think. There was a bit of shock from the crowd, and from us, we were just ecstatic. We were the ones screaming and shouting and celebrating. Absolutely. They, um, he didn't allow any goals in that entire match, even through penalties. And it was an amazing performance. And you know, I'm sure for you, being a second-year player on the team, had to be very gratifying to to turn it all around and win the title. Is that your first championship that you'd ever won as a, as a player? Uh, yeah, back when I was in college, we went to uh, play for GCC. We had uh, two semifinal appearances in the national tournament, but unfortunately didn't win either of them. So that would be, uh, yeah, that's a big one. Well, congratulations on the on the victory, Ryan. And we're looking forward to watching you guys and the, you and all the Lancer players on February 23rd and 24th against Baltimore Arsenal and on your way to 
you know, playoff in Wichita in April and hopefully bring home another championship to, to Rochester. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for being on the show tonight, and good luck in the rest of the season. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Okay. It's Ryan Curtis from the Rochester Lancers and Flower City Union from right here in the western upstate New York area from Pembroke, New York on Soccer with the Kick in the Grass. We'll come back with the latest news from international soccer on WISL and live on the web at socceristhekickinthegrass.com. Notch monogramming is soccer, Lancers, U.S. national team, Pele, Pittsburgh United. Top notch monogramming is reggae, Bob Marley, Grateful Dead, Giant Panda, Clash. Top notch monogramming is embroidery, screen printing, heat transfers. Top notch monogramming is Rochester, Pittsburgh, USA wear. Top notch monogramming.com, 248 2650. Top notch monogramming, peace and love since 1992. Are you looking for a new dentist for your family? Dr. David Olivo has been caring for Rochester's dental needs for over 20 years and would welcome the opportunity to serve you. To make an appointment, call 328-3382. Dr. David Olivo, offering quality dentistry with a gentle touch. Kuja Kuj, it's me, Soccer Sam, for Salvatore's Pizza. Why Salvatore's? We use the highest quality ingredients in all our menu items. Spotless, clean locations. A local family supporting our local community. Full menu delivery. And yeah, we deliver everything but babies. We purchase all our supplies locally from Palmer's. Online ordering at Salvatore's.com and our hotline, 234-5555. And we have an amazing staff. Do it with me, Salvatore's.com. Are you looking to update the kitchen, bath, or flooring in your home, but don't know where to begin? Whether it's cabinetry, carpeting, hardwood flooring, tile, or kitchen and bathroom remodeling, Claridge Design Center in Chai Lai Fall Plaza is the place to start. Claridge custom designs and builds quality remodeling projects throughout Rochester and Monroe County. At Claridge, the visions and ideas you have for your home are developed with the experienced Claridge designers to make your dream project a reality. And the quality of service you receive at Claridge is Second to none. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call Claridge at 889-5800 or visit their website to meet the Claridge team. See examples of their finished work at ClarageDesignCenter.com. Soccer is a kick in the grass. WISL AM 1040 and FM 92.1 and 95.5 West. Welcome back to Soccer is a Kick in the Grass. They're certainly celebrating in New York and New Jersey. They will host the World Cup Final MetLife Stadium in 2026 on July the 19th, I believe it is. We will talk about that with Michael Lewis at the top of the hour, but right now we're going to have our international soccer report, and it's brought to you by our title sponsor, Dr. David Olivo Family Dentistry, 2005 Lyle Avenue in Gates, right off the 390 Expressway Medical Building. So if you're coming north on 390, you get off at Lyle Avenue, you make a right, and then you make another right, and there's the building right there, and it's up on the second floor. You can call 328-3382 to make an appointment. The office is open Monday through Thursday, 8 to 5. Or you can visit the interactive website at davidolivodmd.com. I've been going to that practice my entire life, really. And Joe is going there, and my wife's going to be going there. It's a place that, if you want to bring your whole family, it takes care of patients for all the way from the tiniest little tots who are having their first dental appointment all the way to seasoned citizens like Mr. Siriani. So let me thank Dr. Olivo for being a great supporter of soccer with the youth soccer programs and also sponsoring our show and the title sponsor for many years here on Soccer is a Kick in the Grass. Speaking of my paisan, Mr. Siriani, he and I both are in mourning because Juventus in the Derby d'Italia for first place in Serie A. An own goal. What a way to lose the game. An own goal in the first half gave Inter a 1-0 victory, or 1-0, I should say. And the Inter side is now up by four points in Serie A, plus they have a match in hand. So unless there's a collapse there, Inter looks like they're going to be repeating as champion. And they've dominated the game, too. I mean, they've really been the dominant team in Italy for the last two years. Actually, not two, I shouldn't say two in a row. Napoli won last year, but Inter's won previous to that. And they are 
doing extremely well this year. So sorry, all Napoli fans, I, I goofed that time. But Inter is up by four over for Juve, and Milan is four back of Juve. They won away at Frostisone, where my actually my, my father's family is from, by three goals to two. Arsenal with a huge victory at, at home against first place Liverpool, three to one on Sunday. They are now just two points behind the Reds at the top of the Premiership, sitting in third place because Manchester City is now in second. They came from behind today to beat Brentford. They were down 1-0 and ended up winning three goals to one. So they're tied with Arsenal, but they're ahead on goal difference. And then they're followed by Aston Villa, Spurs, and Manchester United. Fortunately, my boys Chelsea are not doing well. They lost at home by a score of 4-2 to two to Wolves. Mauricio Particino is certainly on the chopping block, I think. They have a big match on Wednesday, a cup replay against Aston Villa, who are sitting in fourth place in the Premiership. I think if Chelsea loses that one and they have a cup final against Liverpool coming up, the League Cup, I think Porticino could get sacked, and I would not be surprised if Jose Mourinho might make a spectacular return to Chelsea. Of course, he did so well with the Blues winning the Champions League with DDA Drogba and John Terry and Frank Lampard, Peter Cech, all those great, great players who are retired or long gone, and many of them are long gone from Chelsea. So we'll see how that goes. Gio Reyna, the U.S. international, was transferred from Borussia Dortmund to Nottingham Forest, joining his U.S. teammate Matt Turner, and they he debuted for Forest on Sunday. They played Bournemouth and ended up in a 1-1 draw. They have a big cup replay on Wednesday against lower division Bristol City. So you can check those games out on ESPN+. Plus. They have all the FA Cup matches. Big match in Spain was Real and Atletico Madrid. The Madrid derby ended in a one-all draw. Real scored first and Atletico equalized late. But unfortunately, the surprise team of the season, Girona, could not take advantage. They also had a draw 0-0 against Real Sociedad to stay two points behind. Barcelona's in third place. Atletico's sitting in fourth. But this Sunday, it's all on the line. Real Madrid will host Girona on Saturday, I believe it is. Let me check my notes here. <laughs> yes, it is Saturday. It's just a 12.30 kickoff, and boy, what a huge match that is. It's Girona's chance to overtake Real if they can get a victory at the Bernabeu, but it will not be easy. And also another huge match happening in the Bundesliga. Bayer Leverkusen, like another one of the surprise teams this year. They are still unbeaten. They have not lost any match this season in any competition. They beat Darmstadt 2-0. Bayern Munich stayed two points back. They beat Borussia Gladbach 3-1. Unfortunately for all Canadian soccer fans, Alfonso Davies had to leave that game with a strained knee. So his participation in the upcoming match between the two clubs, Bayer Leverkusen and Bayern Munich, which will take place Saturday, again, at the same time as Real and Girona. So you better have split screen on your television sets. Leverkusen will host Bayern Munich. They can beat Bayern. They may have an inside chance to win the Bundesliga, but I would not be at all surprised if Bayern, with Harry Kane and all the all the players they have, if they will give Leverkusen their first loss and take control of the Bundesliga. But both those matches, 12.30 on Saturday on ESPN+. Plus. Forget that other form of football. These are the two matches to watch for first place in La Liga and the Bundesliga. Next weekend is the start of the, or sorry, next week, the week of the February 13th and 14th. The UEFA Champions League will kick off their knockout stage. It'll take place over two weeks, so there'll be just four matches taking place this uh, on the week of uh, the days of February 13th and 14th. The other two matches will take place on February 20th and 21st, and then the return legs will be two weeks after that. Tuesday, we'll see Outsiders FC Copenhagen against Manchester City, the holders, and I do not envy Copenhagen. I think Manchester City, now that they have De Bruyne back and the other players are rounding back into form, you know, Erling Holland coming back from his injury, I think that's going to be an easy 
tie for Manchester City. They should advance there. RB Leipzig still in the running in the Bundesliga up in the top four. They will play Real Madrid. So it's going to be interesting. Real Madrid's going to have two big matches coming up within a matter of four days because they'll have the match against Girona and then they'll have to go to Leipzig for that first match. By the way, Copenhagen will host the first leg of the Champions League tie there. Wednesday, PSG, who are leading in France but not having a great season, they will be hosting Real Sociedad, one of the surprise teams from Spain, making it into the knockout stage. And then my Paisans from Lazio will be in action, taking on Bayern Munich. So again, Bayern has a couple of big matches coming up in short order with going to Leverkusen and then going to Rome to take on Lazio. So should be a very good stretch of matches coming up for all the soccer fans to watch. But certainly Saturday, all eyes will be on Spain and Germany for those top-of-the-table clashes again happening at the exact same time. And both on the ESPN family. So just get pick pick one to watch on TV and pick the other one to watch on one of your devices because it's certainly these matches are going to be very hotly contested. It could decide those two championships when it comes down to it. We'll take a break on soccer is a kick in the grass. When we come back, we'll be joined by Michael Lewis. We'll talk about the World Cup draw for an announcement actually for the match schedule where the teams are going to be playing the hosts Mexico Canada US and some of the big matches to watch out for including a spectacular match on July 4th plus Michael will have some sad news on one of his colleagues from the Democratic Chronicle who passed away over the past few days this is Soccer is a Kick in the Grass on WYSL and live on the web at soccerisakickinthegrass.com your local sports leader, AM 1040 Avon Rochester, FM 921 W221CL Rochester, FM 955W238DE Spencerport. An experienced professional with more than 20 years in dentistry, Dr. David Olivo welcomes new patients to his family practice at 2005 Lyle Avenue. At the office of Dr. Olivo, you'll discover a warm and comforting environment staffed by professionals who are committed to providing the best available dental care while assuring your complete comfort. Call 328-3382 for an appointment. Dr. David Olivo, offering quality dentistry with a gentle touch. Kuja Kuj, it's me, Soccer Sam, for Salvatore's Pizza. Why Salvatore's? We use the highest quality ingredients in all our menu items. Spotless, clean locations. A local family supporting our local community. Full menu delivery. And yeah, we deliver everything but babies. We purchase all our supplies locally from Palmer's. Online ordering at Salvatore's.com and our hotline, 234-5555. And we have an amazing staff. Do it with me, Salvatore's.com. Your family is growing, and it's time for a new home. Why buy a used house with someone else's style when you can afford a new Faber home built to suit your taste and your needs? Start fresh, build new with Faber. Faber Homes can customize your home to meet your wishes and dreams. Visit the Faber Homes website at faberhomes.com and find the plan of your dreams or a quick deliver home. Give Faber Homes a call today at 247-4800 or visit faberhomes.com for our current incentives. Faber Homes, great homes, great price. Soccer is a kick in the grass. WISL AM 1040 and FM 92.1 and 95.5 West. Soccer is a kick in the grass. It's the U.S. Soccer Report with the editor of FrontRowSoccer.com, former Rochester Lancers reporter and a 2012 inductee into the Lancers Wall of Fame, Michael Lewis. I want to be a part of it. New York, New York. So is every soccer fan in the world trying to get tickets for the World Cup final. Michael's first segment tonight brought to you by Flower City Union. 2024 season memberships are on sale. Visit flowercityunion.com. Michael, good evening. And have you have you stopped your uh, jumping up and down and doing backflips because the final is going to be in your neck of the woods? Um, yeah, because I've got to get into my car to get to Gi- uh, Giants. Uh, MetLife Stadium or whatever people is going to call it uh, because the traffic is going to go be so bad. I 
better start now getting there. Uh, that's what <laughs> that's I am not saying. looking forward to. It. I mean, I listen. I, I've covered enough World Cup games in general. Writers get to the stadium four hours before the game, um, just because you want to be inside, ready to go. If, if you're there an hour beforehand, you're considered late uh, because you just don't want to deal with the crowds and any last-minute surprises. And I know they were for the, um, what was it, the 2014 Super Bowl that MetLife uh, Stadium hosted, there were tons of transportation problems, public transportation problems. Um, they're going to have eight versions of that during the month of June and July in 2026, and they've got to get their act together, moving people in and out very, very quickly from that stadium beyond whatever car problems, car traffic jams they're going to have. But, it, uh, you know, it's it, it's a big deal, no doubt about it, having a game in uh, the, the ultimate game in, in your backyard. I don't know what game I'm going to be coming from. Uh, from after that, I know that I am not going to be doing 17 to 20 World Cup games like I've done in the past. It will be a lot less um, just because of I've uh, got, gotten on in years a bit, and uh, I know, I've learned how to pace myself during these seemingly endless tournaments. Right. Well, we'll talk about that in just a minute, but I actually wanted to start this uh, segment with talking about Ted Rosen because I was thinking back, and I actually had dealings with Ted back in the late 70s when I was at Cardinal Mooney High School, and I would often be responsible for reporting the scores in for huh. high school basketball and baseball for Mr. Natopsky and Natopsky. And so mm-hmm. I believe I dealt with him. And from what I was, I saw his information about his passing on his Facebook page. And from what I read from different people, he was quite a character and was an extremely unique individual who worked at the DNC for almost 40 years. So, so tell us about your memories, Michael. Yeah. When you're talking 40 years at the same newspaper, you're talking about generations of, of writers, uh, editors, and I just don't mean in the sports department, but the entire paper, um, because the uh, at least for most of the time I, when I was there, the Democrat and Chronicle and Times Union, we were on the same uh, floor, separated by uh, uh, the wire room and I think uh, an, an editing room as well, too. So everyone knew everyone else there, even though we might have been competitors. Uh, competitors. Um, Ted, a unique, uh, a really unique uh, person. Um, I dubbed him the radar of our sports staff. And when I say radar, for all the listeners out there who might not be familiar with MASH, that incredible television show, um, radar was uh, the one that could hear choppers, helicopters before anyone else. And he could, he, he just knew, he made sure everyone didn't sweat the details. Uh, and in many ways, Ted was like that. Um, he had an incredible memory that he knew the phone number of every high school coach for a boys team or girls team in the Monroe County area and maybe in the boondocks as well, too. Incredible. You could just mention a, a school and he could tell you the, the name of a basketball coach and his or her phone number. Uh, back in the day, uh, Ted championed and covered uh, female sports before it became much more fashionable decades later. Uh, he was a pioneer. Um, he, if I'm not mistaken, he did not drive a car, so he had to take a cab to go to certain games. They were in the Rochester and Monroe County area. I don't think he went all the way out uh, to the outlying ca- counties, but uh, he gave uh, the Democrat and Chronicle a unique uh, uh, sports coverage. Again, like I said, before it got really fashionable. Um, yes, he was quirky, no doubt about it. I think everyone in the newspaper business is probably quirky in one way or the other. Uh, the one thing that uh, people uh, might probably didn't know about him was that he was a scrabble master and uh, i'm trying to do some research about uh ted to 
to write an obituary or a tribute to him, and I found a story in the DNC about him finishing in second place in a national competition, national Scrabble tournament in uh, in Cleveland. Uh, but he's one of those unsung heroes, unless you knew of him, unless you were in high school sports. I'm glad you had an opportunity to talk to him. He was incredible working on deadline. He um, actually, five days a week, four or five days a week, he uh, put together the agate page. That's where all you have the scores and standings and, and whatnot. And, um, you know, he was a, a great newspaper man uh, getting that job done. It's, it might be might sound like a thankless job, but um, he made sure uh, it got in, be- you know, before that first deadline, which was the most important deadline of them all. So um, rest in peace, Ted Rosen, uh, a great guy and a good friend. Thank you. And we see the tributes to Ted very soon on frontrowsoccer.com. So let's talk about what happened yesterday with the work. Okay, let's let's get the let's get the problem stuff out of the way first. That show was an embarrassment. Okay, number one, Kevin Hart. They should never allow him to have anything to do with soccer ever again. He was a complete another blithering idiot. I, I don't know. I, I can't recall. Michael, you probably can fill it in. Who was the woman? What was the woman's name who was with uh, co-hosting the show? Um, I've met her uh, before, and I can't recall who she is, unfortunately. At the top of my... uh, We'll we'll catch that at some point during the show. We don't want to not be informed, but thank God Andres Contour was there. He lended some gravitas and some professionalism, but when the two hosts of the show cannot even pronounce the name of the president of FIFA correctly... And Kevin Hart making the comment, he's one of my best friends. It's like, <laughs> you know, you know how stupid you two sound. The whole world is laughing at you, especially the Italians. It's pronounced Johnny, like J O H N N Y. It's not Gianni. You know, it's like pronouncing Giorgio Caniglia. I mean, come on, people. Can't you even do a little research and know how to pronounce names? And then the second part of of my complaint is the first part of the show was entirely dedicated to Mexico and Canada. The United States, who are hosting the vast majority of this tournament, was not even mentioned until the second part of the show. And that is just, you know, I, I said my piece. Uh, please, whoever, Fox and Fox Network, get some better hosts, get some better announcers. You know, do, don't make us the laughing stock of the, United, of the world in soccer because we, we're having a hard time doing that anyway with, with many things in the past, but whatever. Michael, I know um, you can, I'll give you your, your, Two two seconds or two minutes of rant. <laughs> no problem on that, uh, Andrew. I just wish you'd just get to the point on, on what you're trying to say. Um, <laughs> seriously, seriously, I thought it was like a bad morning show. Um, you know, it was almost too relaxed. I wanted more more substance. And yes, um, you know, there was a lot missing from that. And in fact, originally uh, on my uh, you know, the background, you know, you can find out what, to, how long a, a television program is going to go for. And originally it was only supposed to be, I guess, for a half hour and went for an hour. Maybe my cable company didn't uh, update it uh, well enough, but I was just very, very um, perplexed about what was happening on my screen, my TV screen there. I think they could have made it more dramatic. Um, I understand it's great. They, they had the, uh, the uh, national team coaches of the uh, you know Mexico, Canada, and, and the United States on that was great, but it was almost too laid back and relaxed. And yes, Kevin Hart, um, he, he could be a funny guy, but not yesterday, unfortunately. And, and I, I agree with you. Yes, Andres Contour was um, was professional, uh, a full, a true pro, all the way. Uh, thank God we don't have to deal with that again. Uh, I just hope this is not the beginning of craziness at the World Cup, but I've seen enough craziness at the World yes. Cup, unfortunately, and 
I could be wrong. Well, so the, the only good thing about that program was Mauro Biello. Rochester has another connection to a world soccer event. Mauro Biello is the caretaker head coach of the Canadian national team. They did a lengthy interview with him, and it, is, it was great to see Mauro be, be promoted and be spotlighted like that. He's a class act, and we all love Mauro. And obviously, he's got a lot of work to do with Canada, but it's great to see him on the show. I was I was shocked when I said, now let's go to Mauro Riello. I was like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> I was very, very happy to see that. Yeah, by the way, one last thing, too. I mean, come on, Kim Kardashian? Come on. You can't. Uh, I'm sorry. Well, you know I'm what? Into- the NFL's got Taylor Swift, so I guess we have to have Kim Kardashian. So uh, why don't I have David Taylor Beckham at least? My God, you know he's the owner of Inter Miami. Get him on there. But yeah. anyway, let, let's talk about the what happened in the, in the the announcements. Number one, and I said it to you on Twitter, and I said to everybody, I think it's a disgrace that Mexico City is hosting the first match. I think it's an absolute disgrace. The United States should be hosting the first match. It's their World Cup. By far, more matches in the United States than any other country. The U.S.'s first match will be the third of the three countries to kick off. And I thought the, 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 the first match should have been in Los Angeles. Obviously, the U.S. should have started the World Cup. And I don't know why that was decided that way. I guess because the most popular, most popular soccer team in the United States is the Mexican national team. Michael, what do you think? I think it comes down to politics. And I think uh, what FIFA looked at, the, the entire schedule and said, okay, most of the games are going to be in the U.S. The U.S. is going to get all, you know, get the semifinals and, of course, the final. Let's give Mexico and Canada um, something at the start of the uh, tournament because the U.S. will dominate the rest of the tournament in terms of hosting matches. And I think it just came down to that. Um, and it might have been maybe a swift decision made early on uh, to do something like that, you know, put it in Mexico City, put and uh, put it in uh, Toronto as well too, um, and uh, and then and then started off in in Los Angeles. That's just my gut feeling because FIFA is all about politics. Yes, and by the way, both matches on the first day, June 11th, will be in Mexico. They're going to have a match in Guadalajara. Uh, as, as a second match in the tournament, then Toronto gets the third match. The U.S. finally will will kick it off on Friday, June 12th in Los Angeles, which brings me to next point. Little, I did a little checking through various sources, and 80% of the United States population lives east of the Mississippi River. So why the heck is the United States national team playing all their matches on the West Coast? Now, I understand why, the, for, for the players' perspective, and to get the U.S. to do well, you want to keep them in one region. By the way, we should even say all the teams are going to stay in the same time zone for each of their matches. So there's not going to be, except for Canada. Canada has to jet across country from Toronto to Vancouver to play their their second and third match. But I think it's terrible that you, know, you leave out 80% of the country the U.S. may not even get to play a match in the eastern part of the country, depending how things work out. Yeah, uh, I can understand why they want to keep everyone in the, in the same time zone. There were plenty of complaints in 1994. I, listen, I, I started in the... Uh, it, it's funny, I started on the East Coast myself, wound up going to the Midwest for the later first-round games and the knockout matches, and then the... Um, the quarterfinals, semifinals, and final. I was in the West Coast, so I made a migration across the uh, across the, this great country. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of sad because you know it's it's very possible the U.S. could get knocked out in the in the round of 32. I was ready to say the round of 16. I got to get used to saying the round of 32 now. Um, and you know they probably won't, possibly might not get that opportunity to go. East of the Mississippi, which will be a pretty, uh, pretty sad. Um, crazy things about this World Cup. I think in the long run, you know, FIFA realizes. The, let's put it this way: FIFA knows that this is turning into a soccer country, and they feel that it doesn't matter where the U.S. plays, 
people are going to have games in their hometown or their region or whatever that they could go to and, and say they, they went to a World Cup match. I know people who went to, let's say, a B or C matches, you know, back in 94, you know, the ones that didn't have Italy, Brazil, Ireland, and they had the time of their life at the teams that, you know, that you probably wouldn't spend much money for on a friendly. Uh, But uh, I think they're just taking that gamble. This is the world tournament and they're going to make their billions of dollars from it. And, uh, and if you spend money to, to fly across the country, thousands of dollars to watch uh, your favorite team, the United States. Well, it, I just hope, goodness, is. the U.S. doesn't get drawn against a South American team and play them in Los Angeles because the U.S. will be the un- U.S. will be the road team. The, the majority of the fans will root for the South American team. So that's a that's a problem with playing. In, you know, I would have the U.S. playing in Kansas City because very likely they would be roundly cheered in Kansas City or in other you know Atlanta potentially. But you know, there's that there's that chance that the U.S. is going to be booed in their home country if because they're playing in Los Angeles. So we'll see how that goes. And I'm already making a prediction, and, and I'm not the only one to make it. July 4th, 2026, the 250th anniversary of the United States. In Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the United States will play England in the round of 16. I can <laughs> guarantee it. It's going to happen. Mark my words. It, it, it's oh. too it's too coincidental that Philadelphia gets that match, and I guess obviously it's going to depend on the draw. I don't know where match eighty nine is going to fall. That's what that's what the number of the match is. I'm it's, looking at the whole schedule right now. Actually, I've I've already got my schedule worked out for where I want to be. I think my first I'm going to watch, want to go see the first two games in in MetLife Stadium, and then the next and then take a few days break and then go to Toronto for three games. It'll be the easiest travel for, for me and probably for most Rochesterians. I mean, you've got a chance to go to the World Cup driving to Toronto. There's five matches in the group stage, and then they also have a round of a 32 match on July 2nd, the day after Canada Day, by the way, which is interesting. I thought they might play on Canada Day, but that didn't work out that way. Maybe if you don't know it's Canada Day. I'll tell you this. I remember how quickly tickets went in 1994. Because we're talking, this is three decades, 32 years later. It's it, This is a different situation now. You could sell out the World Cup. My gut feeling is within hours, uh, just from U.S. fans, forget about people from the rest of the world. This is how popular it's going to be. Um, and I think the, the next big news could be very controversial, too, how to get tickets. Because they're not... Uh, they're not going to be easy to get. I understand that. And yeah. um, that's my prediction. There'll be some hiccups along the way with t- tickets. The reason is there always is, even with a tournament as big as this, people will want to see. When I say big, I mean all the, all the stadiums, huge stadiums, uh, it's going to be difficult to get tickets and, uh, unless you're – you're winning the lottery at the right place at the right time, or you know someone. And the tickets will not go on sale until next year. By the way, that's what that's what they're saying. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping to get some. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be package deals, which will cost a fortune. But you know, this is this is going to be this is going to be worth it because you're not going to see a men's World Cup in the United States probably again in our lifetimes, unless you're young. Right. You might see it then, but this will be the most. This will be the most. Well, most highly watched and most profitable World Cup. Not just because there's going to be 104 games, it's because it's going to be played in giant stadiums across the United States, and they're going to sell out every match. So it's going to be no, interesting. No we have two years to talk about this, Michael, and I'm going to put the whole schedule up on SoccerIsAKickInTheGrass.com so you can start to plan your travel for for 2026. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll still be here. We'll have to take a break on soccer's kicking events. We'll come back. We'll talk about the CONCACAF Champions League, which kicks off this coming week here on Soccer is the Kick in the Grass on WYSL and live on the web at socceristhekickinthegrass.com. Top-notch monogramming is 
Soccer, Lancers, U.S. National Team, Pele, Pittsburgh United. Top-notch monogramming is... Reggae, Bob Marley, Grateful Dead, Giant Panda, Clash. Top-notch monogramming is... Embroidery, screen printing, heat transfers. Top-notch monogramming is... Rochester, Pittsburgh, USA Wear. Top-notch monogramming.com, 248-2650. Top-notch monogramming, peace and love since 1992. An experienced professional with more than 20 years in dentistry, Dr. David Olivo welcomes new patients to his family practice at 2005 Lyle Avenue. At the office of Dr. Olivo, you'll discover a warm and comforting environment staffed by professionals who are committed to providing the best available dental care while assuring your complete comfort. Call 328-3382 for an appointment. Dr. David Olivo, offering quality dentistry with a gentle touch. Let's face it, sometimes local is just better. Locally grown, locally sourced. Shop local. At Allstate, Agent Vincenzo Scolo is just that, a local. Allstate, are you in good hands? Call Allstate Agent Vincenzo Scolo, 381-3530, and see how much you can save. Two locations, 835 Fairport Road in East Rochester and 919 Winston Road South in Rochester. Allstate Property and Casualty Insurance Company, North Northbrook, Illinois. Soccer is a kick in the grass. WISL AM 1040 and FM 92.1 and 95.5 West. Welcome back to Soccer is a kick in the grass. Andrew Batiste here with FrontRowSoccer.com's Michael Lewis. This segment brought to you by Opera Bracelets. Valentine's Day sale is coming up this week. And, of course, Valentine's Day right around the corner. For all you gentlemen out there who have wives or spouses or significant others who love opera, check out OperaBracelets.com. The sale starts on Wednesday, so you don't want to miss it. Get your specialized jewelry, handmade, celebrating the classic operas. So again, it's operabracelets.com. Back with Michael Lewis, and the CONCACAF Champions League gets underway this coming week. And it's what's interesting, Michael, is the only team outside of, outside of the warm weather countries that are participating is Vancouver for some reason. I don't know why, because they don't get a lot of snow in Vancouver. But it's all the countries, Mexico will have their matches. And I guess the other one is Forge FC, and I guess it's a good thing that it's not going to be snowing in Hamilton, Ontario on Wednesday, February 7th as Forge will host one of the most famous clubs in the world, Chivas. And that should be quite an atmosphere for the Canadian champions. But by my higher math, being a math major, I counted, I believe, 10 MLS teams in the tournament. And they'll be starting the week of February 20th and of, with their first matches. So looking at the list here, I'm going to go through all the matches, but what are some of your thoughts looking at the uh, schedule? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go by uh, by day, but I'll, I'll try to hit on the, um, the teams from MLS or from North America that are playing. On February 20th, uh, Philadelphia Union plays at Saprissa in Costa Rica. I've been to Saprissa, Estadio Saprissa, for a club game and for a U.S. national team game. It's an incredible atmosphere, um, very intimidating. If Philadelphia could get out of that stadium with a draw, 0-0, 1-1 or whatever, that would be considered a major victory. That's how difficult it is to play in Costa Rica. Even if, and even if the game was at National Stadium, it would be a difficult match as well, too. Intimidating you know, game no doubt about it um you know it's, it's funny the um vancouver is playing uh on Tigres. wednesday against uh, tigers and uh at home and uh actually as this time of the year the weather could be pretty uh, decent there um but there it'll be in a dome stadium artificial turf uh they might get uh, the advantage in that game uh, you know, when you're playing a top-flight Mexican side, you need every advantage you can get, whether you're at, at home or on the road. They need to get a victory there. A, a tie is not going to make it against um, a, a classy Mexico team by any right. means. Right, and they um, we qualified because they won the Canadian Championship this past year. Forge and Calvary are in through their the Canadian Premiership. Right, right. Very good. I'm glad you're filling in the blanks for me. Thank you. Um, you know, 
let's see, the most interesting battle, if you want to get technical for MLS fans, is you've got two teams from the same league uh, uh, tussling on February 20th and the 27th, St. Louis versus uh, the Houston Dynamo. Um, to me, that's sort of like a toss-up. Uh, they're, you know, they're both in preseason. They're, you know, the other teams are in the middle. Well, have started. The other Concacaf teams, many of them, have started their uh, seasons already, and it's going to be a tough run for a lot of MLS teams because they're only if several weeks into their uh, preseason. They're just getting their rhythm and act together. Saying that, St. Louis and Houston. Eh, you know, at least uh, they're going to be on equal terms. Uh, to me, that series is a toss-up because you're talking about two two teams that uh, did pretty well last year. And Orlando City also got a really good draw. They'll be playing Calvary out of Calgary, Canada. Hopefully it's not going to be a foot of snow on the ground, but Calvary also has not started their season yet, so that's good for Orlando. I'm one of the teams. I honestly, I've never heard of this team, and I'm pretty familiar with a lot of Jamaican teams. Cavalier is the Jamaican representative, and they will play FC Cincinnati. So you think that Cincinnati should be favored, the the Supporter Shield winners, and then Mocha from the Dominican Republic, country much more no, well known for baseball than soccer. They'll be hosting Nashville mm-hmm. in that two leg series. Now there are five teams that actually got buys into the. In, this is this is round one. The buys into the second round. Columbus Crew as the champion as the champions of MLS and Miami champions of the of the the MLS uh, league with uh, Mexico. And of course, they got Messi and all those players. I mentioned every team's going to want to be drawn against Inter Miami because they're guaranteed massive, massive crowds. Pachuca from Mexico, AC, the team, one of the teams the Rochester Lancers played back in the 1972 Concacaf Champions Cup. Boy, it's amazing that we have that history. There's always a connection to Rochester. And then, for some unknown reason, I don't understand why. Robin Hood, that's the name of the team from Suriname, get a buy, got a buy into the next round. And I think it's because they won a, the Caribbean Cup. But my goodness, I mean, you got to think that Robin Hood is wherever they play, they're going to be big underdogs to to whatever team they play against. Yeah, given the history of Suriname soccer at the club and international level, but who knows? We could be surprised. I know. Um, usually most of the favorite teams do win in the CONCACAF, the old CONCACAF Champions League, now the Champions Cup. But once in a while we get a surprise, and that's what makes us all sports fans because sometimes the underdog does pull off that great cup set. And June 2nd will be the final, so it's well down the road. And it's going to be interesting to see how this, this tournament shakes out with all the different clubs and We'll see what happens. A lot, of, a lot of teams is much expanded this year, so we'll see how it goes. And one last before you get to go, Michael, Inter Miami certainly raised some eyebrows. They were booed off the field unceremoniously in Hong Kong because certain Lionel Messi did not play in the friendly, and they had a huge crowd wanting to see him, but he did not don the cleats for that match. This is one of the problems when you uh, are the team with Lionel Messi, most popular player on the planet. Um, If you're going to put your money down for a game, I don't care if it's a friendly, a regular season game, a CONCACAF Champions Cup game, he might not play. He could be injured or they might rest him. Um, And that's something, you know, fans, buyer beware. Uh, I'm not saying don't go to games, but understand that could happen. It happened with Pelé. In 1976, when the Cosmos were supposed to play in Rochester, he was injured beforehand. And even though the Lancers at the time were pushing the the game, he did not play. At the time, tickets were a lot less. Uh, They might have been $10 uh, uh, for a game, which was probably Probably a lot of money back then. Probably four bucks. But uh, yeah, I remember in, at, at Giant Stadium when Man U played Juventus and David Beckham had just gotten transferred to Real Madrid before the match, and I was mm-hmm. not a happy camper. But Michael, thanks so much. We'll we'll talk to you in a couple weeks on the next live show. Thanks for doing the extra duty tonight. Uh, no problem. Have a good one. You too, Michael Lewis, live from New York. And- 
get all the latest news from U.S. Soccer and the Rochester Lancers, Florida City Union, etc. at FrontRowSoccer.com. Thanks to our special guest, Ryan Curtis from the Rochester Lancers. Also thanks to Jake Schindler and Kayla Clarkett-Moriera. Lancers hosting Baltimore February 23rd and 24th at the TSC. Both games kick off at 745. Don't forget also you can get your season memberships for Flower City Union at flowercityunion.com and Lancer tickets at rlancers.com. Be with us next Monday here on WYSL and live on the web at soccerisakickinthegrass.com. Have a good night, everyone. Soccer is a Kick in the Grass is presented by Dr. David Olivo Family Dentistry and brought to you by the following sponsors, Flower City Union and Flower City 1872, the Rochester Lancers, Top Notch Monogramming, Salvatore's Pizza and Donuts Delight, Polano and Company, Italian American Sports Club of Rochester, Opera Bracelets, Faber Builders and Claridge Decorating Center, Allstate Insurance Agent Enzo Scolo and St. Padre Pio Chapel. Tune in again next week for Soccer is a Kick in the Grass.